today we're going to be closing out our Emoji Jesus series, uh, this series where we've been looking at some of the different emojis or emotions that Jesus had, and we made Jesus into an emoji just to have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've kind of already tackled some big ones. We talked about sorrow. We talked about disappointment. We talked about anger. And you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, Jimmy, what like, deep, dark emotion are we going to tackle today? Like, what are we going to do with this? And, you know, on a day when we celebrate Night to Shine and we celebrate everything that's happening, we're going to look at a different Jesus today. So this is the uh, Jesus, the emoji Jesus we're going to be looking at today. Can you tell me, what do you think the emotion we're going after is? I got joy. I got happy. You can talk back to me here. We do this together, remember? Contentment. Ooh, I like that. Anything? Everything's over here. Talk to me, guys. Talk to me. Gray hair. That's, oh, that's like daily for me. I love that conversation. This is the uh, emotion we'll be looking at is joy. We're going to be looking at the emotion of joy. If you were with us on Friday night at Night to Shine, whether you, if you, especially if you were there in person, I know that there's so many of you you've given so generously to make this happen, and, and it is fantastic. Some of you are praying so deeply for that night in safety. There were so many people who came up to me and they're like, Pastor Jimmy, you put on the best party. And I'm like, uh, thanks. They kind of kept me out of everything because I would have blown it up, right? It was, it was pulled off by some of the most amazing people. And I found joy not in the party itself. Like, I will tell you, I, I danced. Um, oh, I, yeah, you saw that. Um, that's regular for me. I danced, I partied, I talked to so many people. But can I tell you where some of my deepest joy came from? There was one moment when I was talking to one of the EMTs, and the dance floor was pumping. Servers are serving and running food back and forth. Guests and buddies are, are touching sharks and stingrays, and I could see it. There's hair being done and tattoos being done, which is close to my heart, right behind me. And then there's, you know, the, the shark tanks where people are sitting by them in silence. And I stepped back, and I looked with the EMT, and I said, what do you see? And she's like, I can't describe it. And I just kind of smiled. She's like, what do you see? I said, I see my church loving like Jesus. She's like, all these people are from your church? I said, no, but more than ever. Crossbridge, I was so proud of you. I was so stinking proud of you. I felt like I couldn't say it enough to the people who are like, every time they came and said, I can't believe you do this. I'm like, I don't. We do. Crossbridge, you, you showed up, and you invited your friends to show up with you to unashamedly love. And it was, the dancing was fun. It made me happy, but my joy came from watching you. My, came, my joy came from being part of a community that wants to do this. That was different. Are you with me? It was so different to me to think, you could take the dancing away. You could take some of the stuff away. I don't want to, but I will not lose the joy that I am finding in being part of what we're doing. It was so amazing. And, you know, there's, there's times that we talk about having joy and being happy. And Jesus himself talks a lot about joy. He talks a lot about where we're going to find our hope. And that's really what I want to look at today is when does Jesus find joy. How does he find it? And how does he talk about it? And we're going to look at the passage that Ruby read for us. And if you have your Bibles with you, Dr. Luke wrote a biography about Jesus. It's about three quarters of the way through your Bible in chapter 10. We're going to look at that story that Ruby read. And 
you know, there's just some beautiful things in this biography that Luke writes about. And let me just tell you this, okay? If you are not familiar with the Bible and you're still kind of getting, you know, figuring out who Jesus is and you're just starting to read the, the Bible, there's going to be some questions that you have about this passage, okay? I promise you're going to be like, uh, kind of want to know that. Do me a favor, write them down on a note on your phone, and we could talk about them after. I love talking about that type of stuff, but we're not going to hit all the things that you probably have questions about because I want to make sure we focus in on what it means to have joy in where we find it. Now, in the beginning of chapter 10, Dr. Luke writes about when Jesus had gathered all his disciples together, and he says to them, guys, I'm about to send you out, and I'm going I'm to send you out by twos into the, uh, the neighboring region, and everywhere that we're going to go next, I'm sending all of you to kind of prepare the way. And here's what I want you to do, right? You're going to go, and you're going to perform miracles. What? Jesus, we know that you've done that but we, we haven't done that yet. All right, go out in twos and do that. And oh, yeah, when you go, don't take anything with you. What? Don't take anything with us? Nope. Nope. You just go, and you're going to bank on God's sovereignty and people's hospitality. No pulling up Airbnb. No booking hotels tonight. You're going in and just trusting that God will provide. So have fun storming the castle, right? And off they go. That's what they do. He gives them instructions. When you handle yourself in the city, here's how I want you to do. If people accept you, do this. If they don't, do that. And, and they settle in. And this is the command. Ready? In chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, it says, if you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. That might be a test of faith for some here already. Okay? It's, it's oh man. But then he says to them, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Okay, you told us to do miracles. Now you're telling us to heal the sick? Heal the sick? Whoa, this is way out of our, like, experience. We've never done this before. They've seen Jesus do it, but you know what they do? They go out. They go into each of these cities. And our passage this morning picks it up when all of the disciples return back to Jesus after their little adventure out of resting and putting all their hope into what God has. And, and this is what it says, starting in, in verse 17. You can follow with me. It says, when the 72 disciples return, so it's 36 pairs that go out and come back, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us. And when we use your name, they are pumped. So they're sent out to heal, and now we know they're doing more than just healing. They're healing and they're casting out demons. They're, they're, people are finding freedom all over the place where they are going, and they are pumped. They're so happy. And that word joyfully that's there, if you go into the Greek and you want to dive into it, it means deeply happy. Like Luke's not hiding anything from us. They are pumped that they were used, right? They're, Jesus, when we use your name, even the demons, listen. Do you know how powerful your name is, man? Like, this is unreal. I like that they understand the where their power's coming from. They're not saying when we rolled up, we knew what we were doing and we were ready to go. They're basically saying when we rolled up, we just kind of told them who sent us. We referred back to you. Like, Jesus told us to come and, and everything changed when we said your name. Even the demons that we didn't, you didn't even tell us to do this stuff, but even they submitted. And it pumps them up. They knew it wasn't their power. It all came from Jesus. And Jesus listens, and he responds to them in verse 18. He says, yes, he told them. I saw Satan 
fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now, he doesn't rob them of their joy. They're excited. And he doesn't say, you shouldn't be happy that you were helping people get free. No, no, no. He doesn't say that at all. But he reframes it for them, which I love that Jesus does this. We come to him with stuff, and he reframes it for us to help us to understand. In the beginning, he, he talks about Satan falling like, you know, uh, and, and it's a huge shot at pride is what he's going after here. Like, be careful what you're going to be so excited about. Be careful of, of this pride that could easily come. We're doing things. I get that you're pumped, but don't let it go to your head. Don't let this go to your head. It could only lead to trouble. Remember, I gave you this power. You could do more than you expected. This is wonderful. However, what you really need to find the joy in, where your joy will be constant, regardless of where you go, where you come from, what you're doing, your joy will be found that your name is written in heaven, that you have a place in my family amongst all of us, that you are here with me. I just love this. Can I tell you that? I just love this because it's easy to get excited about things, and we should be joyful about them, but sometimes what we become so joyful in becomes an idol, something we point back to instead of pointing back to what God is doing. Jesus tries to simplify this for them. Things are going to change in your life. They're not always going to be the same. Maybe you walked into a city, and there was that really mean family that you said, can I stay with you? And they just blew you off. They booted you from the house. Maybe, and it doesn't say it, I'm so curious, how many times did they pray for people and things didn't happen? Right? How, what, what did that feel like? Because that happens sometimes when you pray for healing and it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, it's easy to feel defeated. It's not like, but it's not on us. It's not about us doing anything. They, they probably were walking, and if you've ever been to the Middle East, sandstorms come up quick. That heat continues to go up. You're walking from one city to the next. It's 110 degrees out. How excited are you and joyful are you to be on the road? Not at all. Most of us wouldn't be happy in those situations, but, but Jesus points to the fact that their joy, that their happiness doesn't have to be in anything other than remembering. It's rooted in remembering who they are in Christ, not in themselves. Boy, if that's not a reminder for us today, I don't know what is. We take so much pride in what we do, and that's a good thing that we are excited and we want to accomplish things. This is wonderful. But joyful Jesus, he doesn't leave it in a place saying like, oh, forget it, don't think about all those good things. He says, let me reframe it, remember who you are. And then I love it says that Jesus gets joyful and he starts to pray. I think a lot of times our joy leads to prayer. It just does. Our joy leads us to pray. Let's look at joyful Jesus. Verse 21, it says, at the same time, Jesus was filled with the, what's it say here? Joy of the Holy Spirit. All right, say that with me. He was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Oh, did you know the Holy Spirit brings joy? This is where it comes from. He is who gives it. And Jesus said, oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever, for revealing them to the childlike. Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted 
everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except for the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. You know what Jesus is finding joy in and thankfulness in? Through the Holy Spirit, He starts to praise God that the message that He's proclaiming is not complicated. You don't need to be the expert to understand that you're important. This message that Jesus has for everyone, for all of us to understand, is so simple that even kids could get it, and usually it's going to be the people who try to argue against it, pick the holes and poke it and go, this is where you're wrong. You're completely missing it. You're completely missing it. Where's the joy? The joy is in that, that no matter who you are, God loves you. The joy is in the fact that he loves you so much he gave you his only son to die for you, to die for me, because we cannot live life without screwing up, right? We just can't. And God loves us so much that he says, here's my son. Why? Because I love you. But I don't deserve that because I love you. What do I need to do? Nothing. Just trust Him. Just believe in Him and try to love like He loves. And when you mess up, confess it. Just get it out there. This isn't that complicated, is it? It's not. It's hard. <laughs> but it's not complicated. And Jesus is great. He's like, There's, I'm finding so much joy that people are probably going to come to you and they're going to say, this is all the reasons you're wrong. Why would you believe it? This is wrong and this is wrong and you still are smiling like an idiot, Jimmy. Why? Because I know it's true. I know in the depths of who I am, I am loved, that I am chosen by God, that He loves me enough to forgive me every time I say I've messed up again. And you know what the best part about sitting back at night to shine watching is? I know he feels the same way about every one of you and every guest and every volunteer. This is not complicated. The joy comes from the simpleness of knowing he loves me. Do you know he loves you today? Do you know this? Do you believe this? Because at the end of the passage, he pulls his disciples aside and he reminds them, guys, let me tell you how lucky you are. In verse 23, he says, when they were alone, he turned to his disciples and he said, blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. He, he, Jesus says to us, do you realize how blessed you are? He looks at the disciples, you're seeing and hearing everything that they longed for, all these psalms that are written and prophets that write. They were looking forward to this moment and you're in it. You're in it. And your joy could be in doing all these things, but instead I just want to remind you, it's awesome that you're doing it, but remember who and why and where it's rooted. It's in me. And you're going to take me with you wherever you go. And so therefore, our circumstances can change. Our life experience can make us, you know, get off track, but our joy never has to leave us because Jesus does not. He's given us the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring us joy wherever we go. Amen? This is deep, and yet it's so simple. Are we looking at people and finding joy, or are we looking and being discouraged all the time? Jesus is always finding joy in what God is doing in people's lives. He's always finding joy when people are coming together to be in, in union. He's always finding joy when they're sitting over meals and laughing together. He's always finding joy 
in the simple stillness, it is not always in the miracles. It's not always in the healings. It's not always in the deliverance. It is in everyday life that he has joy because he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I believe that there are many of us today that we have had trouble finding joy. It's hard to be happy. I know this because I meet with many people who are here, many people in our community who, when they find out I'm a pastor, it's this open door. Can I just tell you what's really going on? Of course. And when they unload so much, I usually ask the simple question, okay, where do you find joy? What is it that, that you're thankful for today? Like, what's one thing? Oftentimes, they can't answer. It's like I asked them, you know, to do rocket science for me. If I were to ask you that question, how would you answer? Where do you find joy? What brings life to you? I'm grateful for night to shine, but if we say that one night is going to carry us through, that's never going to be true because then it will become an idol. When we're in union with the Holy Spirit, we begin to find joy before we ever enter into the miracles that are events like night to shine or trunk or treat or every Sunday we gather to worship our Creator. We anticipate His goodness and His grace. I think that as followers of Jesus, if you would call yourself a Christian as a follower of Jesus, we should be at the front of the joy parade. I'm not saying we should fake a smile and be like, things are great. My marriage is crumbling. My family hates me. My job, things are fine. Now, I'm not saying lie to people. That's garbage. But I'm saying we need, to, we need to recognize that even when the world around us is crumbling, we can find joy because the Holy Spirit is in us and with us. We, we have to be able to do this. And if we can't step away to do this, why in the world... Would we ever have the courage to say to someone, follow me as I follow Christ? I'm miserable, but let's go. What? No one's going to follow us as we follow Christ if we're miserable. We have to find joy. And our joy is in that our name is written in heaven, that the Holy Spirit is with us, that we are forgiven. If we walk around looking ticked all the time and, and, and you know, with that face that's like, meh, we are going to lose so many opportunities to bring life to the people around us, right? I, I, I love being with most people, but when they are always sour, always complaining, and always negative, I find myself not around them as much because it's just hard to endure. I don't want to do that. I want to celebrate sometimes. If you've ever been with me and we start laughing, you know that it gets out of control quickly. Uh, it very, yeah, Colin, we've been there. Um, it, it gets out of control quickly. I like to laugh. I like to smile. I like to find God at work in almost anything, even the garbage things. And it's not like passing over those. It's I understand God's at work in all things, and I like to celebrate that. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, CB Youth took uh, like 80 teenagers and leaders and bum-rushed King of Prussia Mall. And it was, how many of you were there for that one? Okay, so many of you. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. And so we play this game that's called Bigger, Better, Best at this event. And it's basically kids take a paperclip and they have to trade it up for something bigger and something better. And every year, without fail, we have a couple of people back at our house for pizza, football's on, and we try to figure out what things are the bigger, the better, and what is the best so that the teams get points. 
and without fail every year, we fight. Yes, we fight. And it is arguing over some of the dumbest things that you would ever think about, ever. So this year, Pastor Will and I went up on Friday, started making everything, and we made an agreement. We have 11 teams this year. There's no way we're going to be able to judge everything. Let's just make it really easy, simple, and just, like, no fighting this year, nothing. Okay. Well, we got home. There, 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 there was some fighting involved. Okay. There was some... Ar- It was over this. How, okay, number one, what? Uh, thanks to the team that gave this, and then afterwards, well, thanks for putting it on my desk to wake up to in the morning in my office. So appreciate the love there. Uh, and, and then this, and it's like, oh, cool, it's a cute bear from Eiselberg Diamonds. There's no diamonds in it. And this thing smells like weird cologne, and it's a little body, and this is weird. And, and we started arguing. I mean, we started arguing and fighting for what we thought was best. And we started going, I, I mean, it was hysterical. I started laughing so hard, I kid you not, I'm on the floor holding my sides, peeing a little bit because I laughed that hard. And I would do it again in a heartbeat because there was so much joy in the stupidness. And you know where I found the joy in it? Not that, that I feel like the right thing won or wrong thing won. Uh, it, it was the fact that I look at these two things and I found so much joy in thinking, we drove two hours in the snow to hang out at a mall where half the stores were closed to build a, a giant, you know, scavenger hunt list. Where's the joy in that? The joy is in that there was over 80 kids and leaders. There was 11 teams. There was moments where there's kids on those teams who have never been seen or part of things before and were valued and felt important because they traded for a weird mannequin thing and they were part of this. They got a bear. There were kids who took pictures and were part of videos that we we got to celebrate. This was worth it all and I found so much joy in knowing that there were kids celebrated here the week after who got to hear about how much Jesus loves them for the first time and maybe they've never heard that before and they were celebrated because they are individually created by God and he loves them. It was worth it and the joy was in, it was an event like this where I heard about Jesus and it it was in an event like this that I could invite my friends to hear about Jesus. The joy wasn't in the event. The joy was in that Jesus was part of it, even the weirdness of this. Are you with me? You can be happy about the things that you do, and we should celebrate each other well. But ultimately, your joy will come from who you are in Christ. We should celebrate each other in what we do. This is a good thing. Jesus does that. Well done, guys. But I think we need reminders of who we are in Christ, that we are chosen, we are forgiven, that we are loved. And so this morning, I just simply want to ask, where do you find your joy and how do you find it? Jesus found it everywhere that he went. He understood that it is a gift from the Holy Spirit to experience. And if you find yourself lacking joy this morning or finding yourself in a place where you're like, it's just so hard, I can ride high after this great event, and then I just seem to crash and I don't know what to do, I want to give you just some quick, very quick areas that you can go, depending on how you're wired, 
to go find joy. Intentionally, if there's one of these that jumps out to you, build this into your schedule this week, okay? Build this into your schedule. There's a, a, an author that I like to read, David Murray, and he breaks it down into about seven different categories. And I've, as I've thought about this, I've actually leaned back on it a whole lot over the last week and started journaling down, where am I finding joy? I'll tell you now, it's helped me connect with Jesus so much deeper this week. And I believe that I found joy and happiness in ways you probably wouldn't have expected. <laughs> the first is this. Look for nature joy, okay? Nature joy. This is the kind of joy that many of us will experience when you're walking around in creation. It's the joy that comes from being outside. Uh, like yesterday, if you were out and it's 60 degrees and you're like, I needed this, and you were taking deep breaths and just like, oh, you, you go find nature joy. You need this. You can take a, a walk next to that river or the stillness of a lake, the shape of a tree. My daughter and I pointed that out this morning as we're driving the truck. Look at that dead tree. How cool is the way it's shaped? And it's like, really? Yeah, it was awesome, wasn't it? I loved it. I can't wait for it to warm up. I want to go back on the golf course and experience the beauty of nature as I hit a little ball around. Why? because there's so much joy when I watch birds go over and I look at trees and then I hit them. And... But there's joy in it. I see God and He fills me with joy when I'm outside. The second area you can find it is social joy. Social joy. There's joy when we are with our family, when we are with our friends. God has wired us to be in relationships. And, and so many of us lose joy when we're not in healthy relationships. This joy can come and should come if you're married from your marriage. It, it, it comes with time with your kids. It comes with a phone call or a cup of coffee with someone that you haven't seen in a while. It comes when you find yourself finally letting go of inhibition and dancing on a dance floor like you know you're wired to do, but you're always scared of and you think, but here it's okay. You come alive and you find joy. Why? Because you're created to be social and enjoy life together. This is a good thing. There's joy to be found in social connections. The third is vocational joy. I know some are like, what? Vocational joy? There's joy at work. I know work is hard. I know it's taxing. I, I get that. But God has wired us to work. It's a good thing. Whether it's inside the house, outside the house, it does not matter. Life is part of intentionally investing ourselves in people and in jobs. And there's a few things that I can think of like, that are more satisfying. But honestly, when you, know, you, know, you know when you kill it at work? You know those days where you're like, oh, today was mine. Yeah. Those days are good, aren't they? You know when your kids are going nuts and you're thinking, how am I going to do today? And then you do and you do it well and you're like, oh, I didn't kill anyone. Those are good days, aren't they? You feel good about it. You see, it's vocational. We feel good when we could do a job well done. God's created us to work hard. And when we do that, there's joy. And if you're in school right now, whether it's college, whether it's, you know, high school, middle school, elementary school, it doesn't matter. When we work hard there and then score well and do well, it feels good because we're wired to work hard. There is joy in this. Joy. But too many of us look at it as a burden, don't we? What if we turned our eyes to find some joy tomorrow when you go to work? Fourth area, physical joy. When things are right inside and outside of our bodies, we find this joy. This joy. Um, if you know people who are in chronic pain and they have chronic illness that lasts and there is no real way that they're going to find healing, you know that it's tougher for them to find joy all the time because they are in constant pain. It's because pain in our bodies 
it, it, it sucks some of the joy because we're not right and it's hard. So if, if you're married to someone or have someone in your family with chronic pain, a little extra grace there because they're fighting a different battle than if you don't have chronic pain and how you deal with that. You're, you're just fighting and living a different life. You see, when we take the time to care for our bodies and we exercise and we eat correctly, we rest well, we wake up ready for a great day. We're fueled ready for a great day. There's joy in feeling good when you look in the mirror and knowing who you are. I know it doesn't always feel like it when you're like, oh, so I'm going to wake up to go running tomorrow. Or tonight when you're, you're watching the game and you're like, I probably shouldn't be eating these nachos out of a tub, but you're going to, and how many wings can you get down with how many hot sauces you'll tear your stomach apart? Guilty. I made them, but it's worth it. And, and you know, like, okay. But overall, are we taking care of our bodies? Because when we feel good, we look at the rest of the world differently. There's joy in physical caring of our bodies. The fifth out of seven is intellectual joy. There's pleasure, joy, and happiness when we understand something new. Do you ever hear something or learn something, get excited to tell somebody else? If not, hang around like a three, four, five-year-old when they learn something and they're like, oh, you've got to understand. Like, I learned that the sky is blue because of a reflection. And, and, you're like, oh, and they're so excited to tell you because the world has just changed. When's the last time you learned something about God that has excited you that you could not wait to share? Something about yourself that you were so excited to share. When's the last, I, I, I was reading an astrophysics book two weeks ago because I'm a dork and I discovered something that got me so excited I could not wait to get home and tell my son about it. And I was like, James, you got it. He's like, I know. And he started getting excited because he's a dork too, and he read the book before me, and it was awesome. It was so cool. Why? Because my mind had grown. God wants that for us. And I know if you're sitting in school and you're like, I hate this. It's so stupid. Try to find something new to learn. And when you learn something new, try to share it with somebody, anybody, because there's joy in doing that because we feel like we come alive. The moment we stop reading, the moment we stop learning, the moment we stop growing intellectually, you find curmudgeons. You find people who get stuck, and you find people who get very isolated in one thought, and we'll stay there. I think God wants us to grow till the day we die. Let's keep doing that. There's joy in it. The sixth area, a little easier for us, is humor joy. You know, when you have that sense of humor, if you, if you like playing, you like joking. Um, I, I know that you might think of some people going, like, they don't have a sense of humor. They don't have anything. Like, funny bone, nothing. It's there, I promise. You just have to figure out how to get there. You just do. Laughing is good. We're supposed to laugh. We need to laugh. When's the last time you peed a little because you laughed that hard? Not a sneeze, not like, just a, like you laughed that hard you couldn't control it and your stomach hurt and you thought you woke up the next day going, why am I hurting because you laughed that hard? The best laughter when that comes is when it's at yourself and something you've done that you're like, why? And you just laugh thinking, really? If it's someone else's expense, these aren't the laughs that I'm calling for and asking of. I, I, I think Jesus laughed with his disciples. I think that they left meetings, that they left towns. I bet you when those 72 came back, they said to Jesus, like, oh, man, we went to this one place, and that guy was so mad. He was screaming, and he yelled this, this, and there was other guys going, oh, I got yelled at that like that too, and they're, oh, my gosh. They had to have laughed together. You don't put 12 or 72 guys together, and there's not something to laugh about. Do me a favor. Go like this. Oh, you do know how to smile. Good. 
Let's take that with us today, can we? Let's get ready to laugh together. Laugh at a commercial tonight. Laugh at a stupid plight. Laugh at something. Find that joy. These six areas anyone can experience, but the seventh for a follower of Jesus simply is, it encompasses everything. It is the spiritual joy. This is the joy that fills, I would say it even floods Christ followers' hearts when you read Scripture and something new jumps out, when you just find yourself chilling with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and no words are spoken. There's silence, and you just grin because you know that you're loved. All right, today's all right. There's joy in our spiritual world, joy that comes that our world will not understand, that our jobs could be crumbling, our families hurt, we're trying to figure things out, and it's, people say, but why can you smile? And it's like, I'm not happy about this, but my joy, my joy every morning is renewed by God. And boy, if I don't get time with Him, I'm nasty the rest of that day. I need to be filled. It will allow you to laugh better, take care of yourself, sleep better, think differently. When we find our time with Jesus, it impacts every other way that we find joy because Jesus has come that we might have life and have it to the full. Amen? This joy can't be stolen from you, taken from you. It cannot be robbed. It is a joy that will not make sense to the people, but I know this because it's something I see crumbling around us. Followers of Jesus, I am begging you, find joy with me. Be intentional about looking for it and find Jesus at work before you start trying to point out the things to complain about and how the enemy is destroying everything. Let's look hopefully at the world, not pessimistically. Let's lead that direction. That's what spiritual happiness is going to bring. Jesus found joy in all these ways. How will you find joy this week? Maybe for some it's I'm going to try to find my way outside. I'm going to try to, to put whose line is it anyway and laugh a little bit. I'm going to, you do what you need to do to find joy, and I can't tell you what that is, but I can tell you this. No matter what you do, that joy will be fleeting if it doesn't start with who you are in Christ. If you're here today and you're like, I don't even know Jesus. Like, I, 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 want, I have so much that I want to know, and I want to step into this. We would love to walk with you through that and take that step towards Jesus. For others, it's taking a step of intentionally saying, I will choose not to complain today. I'm going to choose to do this. And if you want to choose to do that, tell somebody that's going to be near you most of the day so they can call you on it when you complain, and not so you complain about them calling you on it, you ask them to do it, but so that you could find joy and that someone loves you enough to do it. You see, we can do this but it starts with who we are in Christ. I think that's why Jesus celebrated communion with his disciples, the last supper with them, is to remind them, you're gonna have to keep coming back to this. And so at Crossbridge, we celebrate communion every single week together. We, we have the cup and the bread on the sides, and we do this because ultimately everything we do needs to peak at the cross of Jesus. And so if you have dedicated your life to Jesus and his teachings, we wanna say, please, no matter um, if you're from a different church, if what, please welcome. We want to celebrate communion together. This is what God has called us to, is to elevate who He is, to remind us of who we are, that He's given up everything for us. There's a lot of joy to be found around the communion table. 
It's a reminder that we're forgiven. It's a reminder that Christ gave all for us. And so before we step to the communion table, I just want to take a minute and ask for the Holy Spirit to speak to us in this time to stir up and instead of having an attitude of, ah, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to give us a word, a simple picture, a thought, an image, a memory that brings joy of where He's been present with you, that brings a smile to your face. So, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, in this moment, I just ask that there would be, however you want to speak to us, you would speak to us with something that would bring a smile to our face where we have found joy because you've been present with us. Would you bring joy in this moment? Thank you.